Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Sloppy Joes in the cafeteria. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> what? Sloppy I, Joes are dope. I hate Sloppy Joes. Just really? for the record, if anyone out there is thinking of buying me lunch, it is not Sloppy Joes. That shit's disgusting. <laughs> that shit's nasty. God. Uh, new episode of Waste Time with It's the Real. Jeff, what we do this week? <laughs> went to a bunch of concerts. Uh, most importantly, we went to the Rough Riders <laughs> reunion tour. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be a tour, but it was... It, you know, even if it was a one-off, I was like, okay, I'm excited about it. A big part of my growing up, um, who was on the bill? Dragon, Eve, Swizz Beats, The Locks, and DMX. Yeah, so I think having seen the Bad Boy reunion show, uh, also at Barclays, by the way, uh, we had some expectations. When we saw it, I put the set list up on Twitter, and I said that it wasn't the greatest show ever, but it restored the feeling. All right, and I mean, how did that compare with with this past Friday night. This one was like a sloppy Joe. Well, <laughs> you know, there were good moments. When Fat Joe and Remy came out during Swiss's set, the place blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt really great. Yeah. Uh, seeing with, seeing Dragon do Down Bottom was that amazing. That was awesome. Uh, you know, it was, it was too bad he didn't bring out Juvenile. No, wait, but the best part of, of Dragon's set that we should say was that he opened up with a string section... He did have a string section there. That was there for one song. So yeah. like it was a full string section. It was like 20, you know, violinists, cellists. Yeah. The whole the whole gang. Yeah. They were there for one song, and they were drowned out by a motorcycle revving in the background. So I don't even know what they were there for. I I, I liked how he acknowledged that we haven't seen him for 10 years. I uh, mean, just, just speaking facts. The locks were awesome, obviously. Um, their whole set. They brought out a bunch of people, uh, M.O.P., Eve's stuff didn't really age well. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, her earlier stuff did. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. First album stuff still rang off. Tambourine, that's something I could go without hearing again. But everyone is really there. To see DMX. To see DMX. Uh, I saw DMX at Woodstock 99. It was transformative. It was awesome. That was uh, arguably at the peak of his career. Yeah. Um, and so this one. This was, you know. Scattered. Guys, scattered. It's it's a different DMX. You said that it was the same prayers that he did. <laughs> no, I meant I, I I meant it was the same like it, it, he DMX comes on stage, he raps, he does a sermon, he talks to God, he talks to the audience. Uh, this was a little too much. Uh, he was he was he was talking to the audience. Uh, he was also talking to God. You couldn't understand him, and he looks skinnier and smaller, and you know it's he plays all the songs you want him to play. Um, most of them, but it, it just didn't, it didn't feel the same. It just felt, I, I felt bad watching him. Yeah, I did. Uh, and that, that's, that's rough. Also, it did take him, I'm, I'm not exaggerating one bit. It was a half an hour or 45 minutes before yeah. he came out. But the weird part was that like, there wasn't any effort to mask the fact that he wasn't coming out. Well, I, the, the DJ was shouting like, get off the stage or else the dog won't perform. Right, so that that was pretty much to the point. And then he said, everyone backstage has to leave, or else the dog won't perform. Yeah. And, by the way, the whole arena is just sitting there. I mean, a lot of people left, but, like, sitting there in the dark with occasionally songs playing, and everyone's just waiting for the dog to perform. Uh, Can we talk about the other great things that happened, which were Akon coming out for Locked Up with the Locks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> sort of sort of and then not nobody acknowledging that he was there that was weird cassidy saying that he was one of the best lyricists right now he did uh cassidy did a freestyle 
first of all, Cassidy came out and killed huge, it. Huge applause, killed it. Did a uh, uh, drink in my two step. He did um, hotel. Uh, he he did a freestyle afterwards, and he said, "Who's the best?" It was clearly like a nod to the Jay Z line. He said, "Who's the best MC? Uh, Kendrick Cole or me?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he did a, a that, freestyle going at. Lil Uzi, right? Uh, Lil Yachty, yep, and, and uh, Young M.A. Young, yeah, who he said rap like a girl. Shot. No, he said she punched like a girl. She said she still punched like a girl. So sure, uh, <laughs> it was you know. Well, actually, I th- I thought the most salient point that you made the whole night uh-huh. was, you know, everyone's compl- everyone's complaining about mumble rap. That's the new thing, like mumble rap this, mumble rap that. Yeah, we're real lyricists. We're bringing lyricism back tonight. Real Rough Riders, like '90s lyricism. Uh, and then in between artists, they played Bismarcky. It sounds exactly like a Lil Yachty song now. Right. It's crazy. And, right. And Cassidy was saying, he was just like, uh, you know, to be a to be a rapper now, you have to sing. And it was just like, well, yeah, go back know, to the Go back the late to the 80s, early 90s. Whatever. Um, One more thing about DMX. He sang Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. He, um... Real rappers got to sing now. In the middle of his set, he said... For all the people who expected him to hit at 1130, uh, he said, fuckoutofhere.com yeah, and, and kickrocks.org. So shout out to DMX just for that alone. That like that made it worthwhile. But again, it, it wasn't the same intensity from him. It was no. it, it felt – look, I don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. It felt like he was on one or a million drugs that night. I feel like – he the drugs that he did have rattled his brain so much that the old DMX isn't isn't there anymore. Listen, well, the D, old DMX hasn't been there for a very long time. This was, uh, you know, it 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 was it was nostalgic, but it this felt like uh, people had gotten older. You know, yeah, that was that was a little bit of a bummer. We always love Rough Riders. Seeing that logo up there, hearing the motorcycle. You know, having these people all on stage. The other weird thing oh. is that none of them collaborated. Yeah, that together. was very weird. No one uh, performed so like, on each other's songs. You know, uh, Swizz didn't come out for any of Eve's set. Eve didn't come out during any of DMX's set. They the Locks done, didn't come out for They all could have done Rough Riders Anthem remix. Yeah. And they, they didn't do that together. The only thing I wanted going into the show was Cisco to come out during uh, What These Bitches Want. That did not happen. Didn't happen. But I said I was going to kick over every Ducati I saw. I was happy that DMX didn't. Uh, cut that part of the song out. He went mm-hmm. through every single girl and the whole crowd. He lowered the music, and yeah. the whole crowd was with him, saying every girl's yeah. name. I would say the middle of DMX's set was the best part of of the show. Really? Yeah. Like when he was actually hitting, I was like, oh shit, because he got the. It was like he got the first prayer out of the way. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then it, it I felt the whole... like he had like some energy going into it, and then afterwards I was like, oh, well. Mm. I thought the whole thing was messy. Uh, well, that – yes, it was different, messy. Different DMX. Anyway, um, you know, we'll look forward to the next reunion show. I think there is something about it. it it's 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 cool in theory. It's just you wish that, that you could just sort of like uh, remain the same – person and image and sound and body and spirit forever but you, you just want to you want to go there and you want it to still be 1998 i do i do that would be just fine with me 
In any event, today on the podcast, who do we have? We have Mac Wilds. Mac Wilds. So uh, you know him from uh, TV, The Wire, and The Breaks, and Shots Fired on and Fox. And 90210. Yeah. And uh, you know him from his music. He's Grammy-nominated. Uh, we talk about that. We talk about George Lucas. We talk about... Will Smith. Talk about a bunch of things. Yeah. A like, bunch of things that, like... Nobody talks to him about. That's that's what's cool. You know, he's so seasoned. He's so uh, professional. He knows his talking points. We didn't just do that. Yeah. So that was cool for us. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mac Wilds. This is something long in the making. Glad he came through for this. Uh, when do you want to get into it? Right after. I, I just want to remind people, you can always leave a comment on kickrocks.org, uh, <laughs> fuckoutofhere.com, and also on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Also, go to Spotify right now and follow It's The Real. Just type in I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L and find us and subscribe and follow us on Spotify. When, Jeff? Uh, right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Three Hotels on Park Place, a.k.a. Putting Numbers on the Board. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Pull Up With a Stick, a.k.a. Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, yo, it's your boy, Mac Wilds, a.k.a. The Lady Slayer. Yeah, and this is the way to sound with this is the real. Mac, what's happening? Chilling, man. How are you? Everything is good, but listen, I mean, we've been just like at home. You've been running around doing this meteor tour blitz, whatever it is. It feels more like a blitz. It feels yeah, like a blitz. But you're killing it. No, thank you, man. You feel thank good? You. I feel great. You're still on your feet. You're yes. like not. I'm it's, alive. I'm it's alive. It's not too much. <laughs> Red Bulls and uh, Advil. And That's cocaine, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've met Mac Wilds. He has a real problem. That's right. <laughs> um, but congratulations on this new project. Thank you, man. It's thank awesome. You. Thank you. I'm glad you guys like it. Man. What? What? what a, only Eric. Was. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what was my opinion? <laughs> what have? Yeah. Why? Why such a long break between projects? It feels like you've been doing nothing, right? I know. Yeah. I know, right? No. Uh, I think. I think the biggest thing was that uh, we were trying to figure out like the best way to put the music out and uh like between trying to find out the way that we wanted to put out the music and what music we wanted to put out uh kind of took a little bit of time well and you know there's a million tv projects oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's yeah, that that that. well, yeah. you know there's, there's the there's the other television shows <laughs> and stuff do you have to separate yourself from actually doing like to be in those characters i don't know how method you are but like do you have to separate yourself from that world to get back into this world kind of sort of you know i, I feel like each character that you play is has to be, you know, you have to be in that character if you want to do a, and an, at least good job at it, and uh, yeah. So to separate yourself from each world, yeah, it, it can take time. And does that mean that you're listening to just strictly '80s music when you're on <laughs> yeah, the yeah. set of the breaks? <laughs> yes, yes. Like it, it's it's crazy. Like we're really going through like every like all of the joints back in the day, like all rock him, all of like. Kumo beat like all of the joints like it's 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 crazy I but, mean you've uh, had like a bunch of like guest stars on there too yes like definitely did is there anybody you I don't want to say fanned out on because I mean like you know you're, you're, <laughs> you're sort of Rob Swift and DJ Babu wow. like you know like to to see DJ Babu and actually have him uh teach me how to beat juggle Oh my like, god it was ridiculous are was you ridiculous. nice now I'm not but <laughs> I did it I did well enough to look like i did i'm pretty good at it have you stopped by any club and like sort of like worked your way to the set and just did a little <laughs> something then left nah no nah, not yet not yet not yet because the the whole club would stop and be like what the what who is up there right now so nah, not who's yet. up there killing it yeah. <laughs> um our cousin 
uh, and people in the podcast have heard this story before. Our cousin had three weddings to the same girl in six months, right? Yeah. Like three ceremonies to the same girl. Okay. One, first one was in Staten Island. Second Ooh. one was in was in Las Vegas, and the third one was down outside Baltimore. But the first one, uh -huh. so we had never driven to Staten Island. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Staten Island, and. We pull off the bridge and like make a right, and I'm like something. I have a good sense of direction. I know I'm not going the right way, right? Yeah. And it's me and my brothers in the car. And first of all, we're looking like like the. It was a sort of surprise that we were like part of the wedding, right? Yeah, but also, I mean, yeah. like first of all, like it's a Liberian wedding. Okay, so okay. we had so to like colors was, like, are yeah, colors are very important. Of course, so of like course. we <laughs> were we had to all wear like these um, maroon, yeah, like cranberry red, yeah, yeah. like shirts from Express and oh, like in gray ties. And yeah. our, our brother Dan was wearing like a full suit because his shirt was like too big. So <laughs> we we went in the elevator and like saw ourselves together for the first time, and it looked like Dan was our boss at the hotel, and like we were like there to <laughs> move. People's break. luggage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we make that right turn, and I'm like, I pick up my phone for a second to look at directions, and it's like, whoop, whoop, and it's like, oh, fuck, right. This whole island is yeah. filled with cops. Absolutely. Completely. And, uh, and then we sat there for like a half an hour, so we're late to the wedding now, and half an hour while like the rookie cop takes her time to like, you know, work her things out, and then you see in the rearview mirror, like she and like her superior, her superior just like chilling in there, and I was like, oh, right, Staten Island. Staten Island. So uh, yeah, Staten Island. Staten Island. So no. if you could send word back that uh, we're not happy, and <laughs> I'd like my one hundred eighty dollars back or whatever. I swear to God, it was just for a second, but I got you. No, yeah, I got yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But we Staten actually, Island. We did just hear that uh, you can park anywhere you want. Yes, yes, I can, man. You know, it's 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 pretty dope, man. I, I, my uncle is a firefighter, so he gave me his firefighter's pass, and you know, I. I, I feel like Batman sometimes I just literally park anywhere. NYPD takes on the FDNY and football. Have you been to any of those games? I haven't games? been to the actual games, but I watch them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uncle actually played in one. Oh, really? So, yeah. Is he nice? He's, he's no. Okay, but, yeah. I mean, but he can <laughs> park anywhere he wants. So, yeah. Park anywhere he wants. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know if it was like, you know, like you like the beer league, like softball, like games. I don't know if it's like that. Everything's no, a little slower. They're, no, they're like super competitive, especially against each other. You know, like to, to see who has bragging rights over New York City, like, the the bravest versus the finest. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um so you're originally from Staten Island. Mm -hmm. Born and raised. Born and raised. Mm -hmm. What's that like out there? It's it's completely different than people actually think. You know, like I guess when people first think about Staten Island, the first things they think about is probably like Jersey Shore yep. or Do you not, know Vinny? <laughs> <laughs> See? Exactly. <laughs> I, and and yeah, I do know Vinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the island it, it's a weird it's weird. So because we're so separate from all the all the other boroughs, literally every neighborhood is its own borough. Mm -hmm. So where Newdorp would be like, I don't know, Bensonhurst or something like that in Brooklyn, uh, you know, Stapleton and Park Hill is like Brooklyn and Harlem or, you know, West Brighton's like Queens. You know, there's each neighborhood is kind of has its own identity in a sense. It's all of New York. On an island, on an that's island. hard to get to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. It's so I mean, crazy. is but is there a pride that comes from being from Staten Island? For some people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because there's it's a lot of, too strong for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some people, because there's a lot of people who won't even admit that they're from Staten Island. Right. Yeah, right. But but. Uh, well, who I are the, who probably. are these secret Staten Islanders? You know who, who Adam, one is. You know Adam, who one talk is? about it. Uh, I think um, I think Christina Aguilera is from Staten Island too. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I heard Carson Daly's from Staten Island. Whoa. 
Yeah, there's everybody there's, from TRL. Like, <laughs> like, it's, t- it's hilarious. Lala, is yeah, from Lala. There. Yeah, <laughs> I just keep it. Fred, Damien, Fred Durst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you Wait, grow why there. Why do you know that Christina Aguilera is from there? Everybody was. Everybody talked about it. You know, Staten Island's so small that if somebody comes from there, it's, mm-hmm. everybody's gonna bound to speak about it. Um, speaking of which, you grew up uh, in your father's barber shop. I did, I did, man. Wu Tang would come through. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so you met them like when you were like super yeah. young. Yeah, no, I've known them since I was super young. So like, you know, it started off as me just being Paul's son running yeah. around the barber shop, and now you know they, now you're they, method man so. now, now method man so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> how how was that like i mean did you guys have some sort of relationship going through the years or was no, it like bookended okay we cool. definitely did uh just especially as i started to act and do do other things you know they were always around kind of to give tutelage let me know you know stay away from these hoes man all of that shit so was that raekwon or was that yeah yeah that was ray good advice (laughs) um how many siblings do you have all together there's six of us six of you yeah six of us where do you fall on the line i'm the youngest boy i have a little sister before me wow yeah and and how well after you well after me yeah uh and the oldest what's the separation in years um the oldest is uh she is uh, 11 years older than me. Wow. So you really are like one of the babies yeah. there. But what's your TV age? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> you know what's crazy? I, I, I would rather people call me by my regular age because I guess I look 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so. can we cast you in a project where you play a 12-year-old? <laughs> of course. Of course. If I shave all of this off, I'm with it. So, um, like, gee, mister. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are Thanksgivings like when everyone's around? Like, oh, it's ridiculous. There's just a bunch of nieces, nephews, yeah. family that comes from out of town, or uh, it's it's a lot, but it's it's always fun. Is it at your at your folks' place? Yeah, my and mom's house on Staten. Is there room for everybody? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you a good uncle? I am a I'm a great uncle. I mean, I pride myself on being a great uncle. So, yeah. I mean, what do you do that's so great? I mean, come on, man. I'm talking about like Chuck E. Cheese visits. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm okay. talking about that time. constant yeah. fruit snacks. Yeah, yeah. Ices when they need them. All of that good stuff, man. <laughs> um, how early did you get into acting? I was about, you know what? I was about 13 years old, like 13, 14 years old, like when I started doing going on my first auditions and what what was it about like how'd you how'd you come upon acting how'd you like figure out like you watching like a movie you watching tv are you like i want to do that it was or funny were you, were you acting like you know in like school plays and stuff like that i mean i was but it was more so because the teachers would say yo do the school play you'll get extra credit and uh so i would do them and the teachers were like oh my god you're so good and i'm like yeah whatever I, I just need my extra credit <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then my older brother, he was kind of, he, he kind of did a little bit of like acting like commercials and little TV spots here and there and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, seeing him do it and then going to the school that I was going to and kids were going on auditions and they're like, yo, I just booked this commercial and they gave me $5,000 and they'll pay me every time the commercial shows on, like comes on TV. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm in eighth grade like this is ridiculous. They're giving out money like that. I said, yo, ma, I, I want to try this acting thing. Like, <laughs> yo, I really, really want to try it. And uh, she she was like, all right, well, if you want to try it, I'm going to give you some money for a headshot and give you some money for a Metro card and you go out there and you go get it. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. So if you make it happen, 
you can't say anybody helped you. But if you don't make it happen, it's your own fault. So you have a Metro card. What are you taking from Staten Island to New York? Uh, from Staten Island, you take the ferry. Okay. The ferry, you get on the one or the two, or you walk to Bowling Green and get on the four to five. And where are you heading? Um, uptown. By yourself? Yeah. To where? Uh, like a casting call? Either a or? casting call or f like going on. Well, first I would go online or look f look on. Uh, they had this. Uh, GeoCities. No, no, no. no right. <laughs> Back page. No. <laughs> no, they had these uh, little um, newspapers called. Um, backstage mm -hmm. and uh like on the in the back of the um in the back of the newspaper they would have like all of the open casting calls mm -hmm. or like any opportunities for uh management or like anything like that so i would go on these auditions these open casting calls see what they would look like and they were crazy and then one day i i found uh, uh, an article in it for management and they were like, you know, come. They, they're having a bunch of kids come to uh, McDonald's, you know. Uh, oh, this seems dicey. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're having a bunch of kids come to the McDonald's on 42nd Street, and they're auditioning kids for a management company. And I went, and it was literally like thousands of kids in the McDonald's on 42nd Street. And I auditioned in front of the management that I have now, and the rest was history. Wait, well, how did you audition for yeah. that? Yeah. They, uh, they basically give you a little sheet of paper when you walk in mm -hmm. they tell you to kind of read it over a couple times and then when you walk in the room they just ask you to cold read it like just read it to us and like in front of us were you like why are we meeting in a mcdonald's why can't we meet in like a <laughs> no they literally shut down the entire 42nd mcdonald's and had like we're funneling kids in and out of the uh, audition joint it was crazy did you see anyone you knew um, like were any of the kids who were taking auditions, getting commercials, like who you're going to school with, making these same trips with you? Nah, to... nah. Uh, th for this one, nah, nah, no, I didn't see nobody that I went to school with. And did anything happen to any of those kids? Not what, like really. they got kidnapped? No, 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 no. no. I know. I, I, no. <laughs> the kids from high school who were doing auditions. Oh, uh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I guess they got their, their commercials or whatever they did, but... A lot of people grow out of it at a certain age. Mm -hmm. That's that's especially my manager. She's like, I didn't I didn't think you would stay in it this long. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, thanks. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so you start taking these these casting calls. Um, and what's the first one that you book that you feel real good about? It was after I got with the, my management, and you know, then they started sending me out on different auditions. Uh, and I think the first one that I actually booked, which is hilarious. It was a toy car commercial. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you guys are cartoon heads like me. Oh, huge cartoon heads. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, you watch Cartoon Network and you see, like, the Radical Toys presents and you see the kids. Wow! I was, I was one of those kids. Really? I was one of those kids, yeah, man. So, but now, you know, because you look like you're 12 years old. I like, can yeah, do another like, one. Yeah, I, can yeah, do yeah. One, I can do one right now. <laughs> I can do one right now. Just, it'll be a deeper, Wow! <laughs> <laughs> real grizzled <laughs> and sort did, of over it did you have a moment when you saw it on tv i had one moment when i saw it on tv did you know it was going to be on there not at all oh crazy like it was like one of those days you're watching cartoon network and like didn't go to school that day and it's like oh shit my commercial is on and i didn't have nobody else to tell because one i'm not supposed to be home right yeah two my, like nobody's home i'm like this is just something I got to keep inside. This is my own personal <laughs> joy. <laughs> was there part of you that was like, well, if I tell somebody that they're going to they're gonna think I'm making it up? Exactly. Yeah. Completely. Completely. <laughs> so you're still going to, to high school at that point, right? Yes. And yeah. what kind of extracurricular activities are you into? Are you playing sports? Are I, you... I was. I was, uh, I kind of, I tried damn near every sport. And I was, I mean, I, and the f funniest thing is I was only in high school. 
honestly for two years mm-hmm. like and a year and a half and uh that's like, your like, freshman and your yeah, yeah like freshman sophomore. and half of my sophomore yeah. like not even a full half and that's when the wire starts yes so like before you even got your driver's license yep crazy we were shooting the wire i, I booked the wire when i was 15 years old but 15 how, turned to 16 but how do you go from that that commercial that toy car commercial mm-hmm. To the wire, like what's in between? Well, between that, well, Max shot a guy. Oh yeah, fair, fair, yeah, method acting, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, before before we did the wire, I did another uh like uh, little TV show on on uh remember the Noggin Channel? Yeah, Mm yeah. So they had a television show that Spike Lee produced called Miracles Boys. Mm -hmm. He's that it was like a mini series based on a book called Miracles Boys as well, and. they had me play like the bully, and it was funny because that was the first time that I met Julito McCullum. Mm. So and he was the lead on the on that joint. And where were they shooting this? We shot it in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that was my first like real on screen like acting, like all of the parts moving. It was it was dope. Were you a real convincing bully? Uh, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Probably and not. did they like did they shoot it during the summer or was it like during like the school year? It was during the summer, so that when we got when we. When school came back, that's when the show actually started. And uh, I remember going to school and being like, yo, yo, you got to watch the end today, fam. Yo, I'm on the end. It was dope. That, But that's like the best summer job, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Better than any summer youth. Yeah, I Better bet. than any summer youth program. Did you have like any appreciation for Spike Lee at that point? I mean, like, because. Absolutely. Like, because obviously, like, you know, he has a ton of movies, but I didn't know, like, if you as a 14-year-old. Well, you have watching, older siblings, too. Yes. Yeah, maybe true. that like, you know, works its way down. And, and, and again, you know, Do the Right Thing was out. So that was like a, a movie that I loved. Crooklyn, like, mm-hmm. uh, Clockers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, there was a bunch of movies that, that Spike did that I loved. So even just hearing the name Spike Lee, like. Not just me. My mom was geeked. Like, yeah, oh my right. god, <laughs> my baby's actually acting. And by the way, yeah, you made it at that point. At like, that anything point, anything you did after was oh, just yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's like whatever. <laughs> Peanuts. So first time you met Spike. Yeah, man. What was that like? It was it was great, man. You know, he. The first time I met Spike, actually, yo, I have a funny story. So the funniest thing, I met Spike on set, and you know, he loved what we did, and he we killed it, and everything like that. Um, but I don't think that he fully remembered who I was I mean again it was it was a kid's show there was a bunch of kids around so I wouldn't expect him to remember me so we I got invited to the rap party rap party's going everything is amazing Uh, you know everybody's spirits are high people are drinking I'm looking around like yo this is amazing like this is oh my god it feels dope I did something and uh I walk, I'm like, oh, there goes Spike. Yo, mom, I'm going to go say what's up. <laughs> and I walk up, and I'm like, hey, Spike. I'm tapping him, and I'm just being ignorant. This kids from Stapleton Projects is terrible. Just like, yo, Spike, yo, Spike. He turns around, looks at me like I had six heads, like, who are you? <laughs> and spins back into the Aww. dance floor. Leaves me there like, man. But uh, Have you yo. seen him since, or was that your lasting memory? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I've definitely seen him after that. I've definitely seen him after that. Was it hard Did to you do the same thing the second time? <laughs> Spun right into yeah, a, yeah. A, a dance floor. Was nah. it was it hard to go back to school at that point? No, You know what? I was geeked to go back to school for that. Like, right after all of that, I was so excited to go back to school because you had, I had bragging chips now. Like, yeah. I could, you know, check me out on the end, you know? <laughs> Channel 106, you know, like it was it was dope. Like I I felt good about it. And you did a half of your sophomore year, like maybe half and not even like a full like consecutive half. It was like 
I got taken out like right in the beginning of sophomore year, came back in in spurts, and like maybe the last three months. Wow. Is and how did you like leave? Like, were you just like, okay, bye? No. <laughs> like, like, you just like, didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Once I got cast for the once I got cast for the role, um, you know they uh I had we my mom and and HBO had a conversation with my school, basically kind of telling them like what I'm gonna be doing, how long I'm gonna be out there, and uh, setting up a program where my school would be sending schoolwork to me while I was on set for me to do handle and then send back, so that any time that I came back, I would be either ahead of the curriculum or right where they were. Mm-hmm. So and was that was that tough? It was, but it honestly, it's it it was tough, but it was also easy because you know, like because your mom was doing all the work for you. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like if you really think about it, they they when you're in school, they they're they're teaching you like you do the same lesson over and over and over again for maybe like a week or two, whereas when I'm on set, literally they give me a piece of like different sheets of paper to just do quick worksheets and finish everything. So I was learning stuff way faster than everybody back at school. So, And what's the big difference between doing a show for The Noggin mm. and doing a show for HBO? Oh, or is there none? <laughs> yeah. Uh, besides craft service? Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think with, with The Wire, um, just the show, The Wire as a whole, because I, I, I really can't speak on any other HBO shows, but... Um, now tell us about girls. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, but the wire, it, it was, it was just, it was dope because as a kid who was literally just happy to be out of school, throwing paint on people and shooting guns, uh, <laughs> you know, they they really taught you a lot as, for as an actor and and kind of as a man, like how to grow and and be a man. And uh, it was it was dope to be around such amazing seasoned actors and artists that care about their craft because it made me as a kid like, maybe I should give a fuck about this. Like maybe I should actually like acting besides the money that I make from it that I won't see because of my Coogan account. Mm-hmm. So uh, so when, but when did the when did the switch flip for you? Like when did you realize that like, oh, I'm a I'm a real professional on something significant? You know what's funny? It it was after the wire. It was. It wasn't until maybe, it like I didn't really come into myself as an actor. Like consider myself like an actor. Cause even back then, like if you look at the the interviews that I was doing for the wire, like I'm like I love music. <laughs> you know I do music. I like to write. Mm-hmm. I like to. I, I like I sing and I rap. That's what I do. They're like, oh no, nah, but we're talking about the show. <laughs> no, nah, I, I sing and I rap. <laughs> That's what I do. But uh, it, it turned into. It turned into me being a full-fledged actor or loving the idea of being a full-fledged actor probably around the time that we did uh, Red Tails. Whoa. When's the last time that you watched The Wire? Um, Last year. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think looking back at it? It's crazy, man. Like, looking back at it, because, uh, again, my mom used to watch it all the time, so I would watch it with her, and I was like... It, it was uh, crazy to see how enamored she was by Stringer Bell and uh, the story of uh, Marlo versus Avon and just how everything kind of intertwined with the the politics and the street culture and everything. But uh, uh, now me being older and looking back at it, it to see how how well we put together a world that is extremely similar to the real world of what's going on in Baltimore. It was it was amazing. 
It's just a shame that nobody talks about it, you know. Oh, yeah, like, no. I, I'm glad that we were Get really lost. able to like expose, you know, your feelings <laughs> on it for the first time. Um, so you you then work on uh, on Red Tails, uh, right? No, after that was Secret Life of Bees. Mm-hmm. That was me, Dakota Fanning, mm-hmm. Alicia Keys, Queen, Queen Latifah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like working with Queen Latifah? And what was it like meeting Will Smith? <laughs> Queen Latifah. Uh, uh, amazing like from the jump like she, she in the in the movie she plays my aunt and in real life she like, is she, your aunt she really pretty much did the same thing uh but like just the energy that she gave off her alicia keys sophie okonado uh they gave, they gave so much love and like it was so much warmth on set and gina prince by the wood who uh who uh killed it uh it was kind of the same thing man it was like just the right energy, the right place at the right time, man. It was really dope. What is the secret life of bees? Um, you know, I think actually in their secret lives, they're rappers, man. I think so. That's <laughs> no, why they're buzzing. No, you're thinking around. of Wu Tang. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's killer, killer bees. bees. Killer yeah. bees. My bad. It's a different bad. thing. I think it's a That's different Staten thing. Island. <laughs> and and so, what was it like meeting Will Smith? Will Smith, man. Uh, so, I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Sure. Like, huge this is the fresh prince of bel-air bro like this is like this is a guy that we all emulated from style tips to everything like the dude was everything man and uh to finally meet him for the first time and he, and he came up to me he's like yo i'm like <sighs> he's like yo you know you yo you did such a good job man like you killed it i'm thank you <laughs> Like it's it's like you don't want to cry because you don't want to look like a cornball <laughs> or or a punk, but then it's like, yo, you Will Smith, fam. like yo, you Will Smith, get jiggy with it, Big Willie style. That's you. It's crazy, man. Did you ever bring your siblings to set to meet anybody? Yes. Well, not to meet anybody, but mm-hmm. just to see what you know sets were like. And uh, you know, my older brother's always been on set. My older sister has, and my little sister has, and. You know, my older siblings, they kind of left the house a lot sooner. So, mm-hmm. like, when I'm in their cities, if I'm doing anything, you know, they're they're always around. So, I, I'm a very family-oriented guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to, I guess that's the, that's the uh, Staten Island mobster side of me. I'm very, very <laughs> much family-oriented. So then, uh, Red Tails, obviously. Yeah. And that, as a, as a filmmaking experience, was like what? It was ridiculous. It was, oh, my God. Now again, I'm a geek, man. I'm a nerd, low key, but like. Uh, so you George grew up on Lucas. St- you grew like, up on Star Wars. Holy shit! Okay, okay. Go- well, you're talking to two guys who like could not give less of a shit about Star Wars before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had just Blaze come over to explain what we were missing yeah. with Star Wars, that's like for the entire the hour. Entire, yeah, oh, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. So um, and then and then we went over to just to watch Star Wars with him and some people who like loved and obsessed over it and it was like but also other people who had not watched it like us and we were uh-huh. like eh, all right like, but, <laughs> yeah, but it's fine but you grew up you grew up loving it yes like like you know the, the first three right like yes. and did you go see the what ended up being like one two three in the theaters i did okay i did i did were you and you were impressed <laughs> eh, no, no, so much. but um but you're a george lucas guy yes yes and and uh to be able to kind of meet him uh Actually, the first time that we met him, he flew us out to um, to Skywalker Ranch, which is amazing by itself. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, Skywalker Ranch, 
the land that he owns and he doesn't even live on it. <laughs> That's the craziest part. He doesn't even live there. It's so ridiculous. <sighs> okay. So so he has this he has a house there, you know, so that if he wants to go to sleep here, he can. Right. And he had the house built to the same exact specifications of his actual house. Every room, every inch of furniture, everything is the same exact thing as his house. So he <laughs> he walks into this place and he's just like, oh, yeah, I could be in, you know, wherever the other house is. Exactly. That's, that's got to be very weird, like, especially, like, if you, like, brush your teeth, for instance, right? And you leave your toothpaste in one place and then it's in a different place in <laughs> At the, the other house. house it's yeah. just like... Yeah. What? By what the way, that? in thinking about it, if you had like all the money in the world, that is what you would do. That's what you would do. I would do that. Of course. Do that. I would build a, a bat cave. Like, yeah, yeah. Or he probably has one. Two of them. Yeah. Yo, it, it was. It's ridiculous. It's it. The land is so big. He has his own fire, like fire station up there. Like, like they have. They and had. That's to very make... impressive for somebody from Staten Island, by the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Does so, he have his own post office? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, he really does. Like everything is up there. Like they make their own food. Like it's all self sustainable up there. I'm telling you, if you the apocalypse like it's comes, a cult. he's or, it's ridiculous. Or he's very prepared for like an apocalypse. Absolutely. Or whatever, so. Absolutely. The zombie well, unless apocalypse the apocalypse comes him. first to the Skywalker Ranch. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, so, be bad. so you went there. You went there. <laughs> Did you go there to like hang out to like get acquainted no, we with? We went like... there. We went there with uh, the rest of the cast and the rest of the crew to meet first. Meet the Tus the other Tuskegee Airmen, oh, like the real well, life Tuskegee. And what Airmen. what was that like? It was crazy. Yeah, like hearing their stories and um, them talking to us and giving us their ideas on the way we should shoot it and and what they want what they wanted to see. Uh, kind of to preserve their uh, legacy was it, was it was ridiculous. How much did you know about them and their history beforehand? I knew a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're gonna test you. Uh, <laughs> my grandfather's my grandfather's uh, my grandfather's uncle was a Tuskegee Airman. Oh no wow. kidding! So like, even when I got the role, like I get, getting having a chance to speak to him, who passed maybe a couple years back, God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was uh, it was crazy. It was it was it was definitely crazy. Was there any more weight on your shoulders considering that I mean these were real life events? Yeah, these were real people. And the the that's not even what kept the weight on the shoulders because I think you I think with any biopic or anything that you do of that nature, you're automatically going to have a certain weight on your shoulders. But they're literally on set with us, yeah. like watching. <laughs> like I would never do that. I would never. It, so it's it's crazy to, You're to like, see. I'm, it. I'm making a choice. I'm like, yeah. like it's, it's an acting choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it, it was that. I think that having them there and and just trying to make sure that you you kept what they what they actually created, like their legacy, right? The integrity, the of, integrity yeah. of it, real. Um, I think that was the biggest thing, man. Well, what did you steal from George Lucas's house? Uh, I was I was going to I was going to steal um, uh, uh, Indiana Jones's whip. Oh my god! Yeah, just something that nobody would find, right? Exactly right. Yeah, no, because because he he literally has he literally has a vault of all of the equipment and everything from all of his movies, like Darth Darth Vader's lightsaber, like 
Indiana Jones's whip, like the the he lives the in a museum, <laughs> literally. No, like no, he lives in the thing that looks like a museum. Oh right, yeah. He doesn't live in the museum, museum. museum. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's literally just a vault on property. So he has the house. <laughs> he has the vault. He has a vineyard. He has a farm. He has a he has a hotel. He has the post office. He has the fire. <laughs> like it's a ridiculous amount of land. Yeah. Like literally a ridiculous <laughs> amount of land. Do you think that like some days he's just like I'm going to be a, a postal worker today? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would. I would. I would go there like, "Hey guys, can I check in today?" Like, "What's up?" I feel like in my head he's like a sociopath. <laughs> like he like he's like the only person in this colony like, and ghost he's town, just like, yeah. yeah. And he just stands there, and he's just, like, wiping the glass, just, like, <laughs> yeah. waiting for somebody to show up. Uh, what's the big difference between shooting a film and shooting a television show? And shooting a person. And shooting um, a uh, You know, it's three different things. Yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, the biggest difference between a television show and a movie is uh, with movies, I think they, they, they bank on the depth of it, whereas television shows a lot of times, well, beforehand it's like you they just want to bang everything out they got to get everything in these boundaries and everything has to look a certain way to match the 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 aesthetic of the rest of the other episodes and stuff so uh it's it's kind of a it's kind of a formula when it comes to television shows whereas movies everyone has a little more leeway and and freedom to kind of create have you ever fucked up the continuity absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, and and that's what we have the script supervisor for. Sure. So like they'll they'll definitely come up and say, um, your hat is your hat is the wrong way. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, we got to do it again. What's the longest time you spent in a makeup chair? Um, an hour and a half. Is and that I, is that does that feel like forever? It does. It does. And it's only because they got to cover up my tattoos. So oh, like, so they got to worry about continuity, by yeah, the way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they have to cover up the tattoos and everything, and, and that's what really takes the longest part for me. So they'll they'll be like, ah, oh, you don't need no makeup, but your tattoos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to paint you, you literally for an hour and a half. For an hour and a half. How long does it take you to get it off, though? Like five minutes. So it, it, it they and they hate it because if they don't like if, if we don't let it dry it'll get on the clothes and yeah. then it rubs off and, oh my god that's the worst. Have you kept uh, your wardrobe from any place? Um, I've kept pieces of wardrobes from like like kind of like one like every little thing that I do. So like even on shots fired, mm -hmm. I kept my deputy badge. Hmm. When does music as a professional option come into your life like because it's been something you've been interested in yes but like, where are you like all right i'm really gonna like take the time to be in a studio to record things that i know will one day be streamed for sale whatever was oh, it when man. you saw drake and you were like i get it <laughs> got it <laughs> no uh it was it was funny um i was i was already kind of recording stuff just as uh just while, while i was shooting the wire I was record. I was starting to record. Well, where do you go? Where do you find a studio? Where do you find like a microphone? To... Uh, it was it was when I was like when I wasn't shooting and I would be back on Staten Island. Uh, I would find like studio time or like find a, l a little place that I could record and and people to work with and stuff like that. So, and uh, what what kind of material were you making back then? It was very much. It was like very early versions of everything you hear now. Right. Like, so it was very much like super r&b-ish but like me trying to rap and all of that stuff it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy so and it wasn't like you know like a, a an emo like rock phase no no thank <laughs> like goodness your hair was like super long and also <laughs> colored 
like drooping over the your eye, eye. Yeah. eyeliner, yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. No, no and, not too late. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe the next, maybe the next project. And yeah. who were you playing the music for? Anybody? Uh, it was more so just people in my in, in Stapleton and Park Hill, like mm-hmm. all of my people. Um, and I, you know, we all had ideas of of dropping stuff, but uh, at that time, I, I don't, I don't. The internet wasn't as prominent as it is now, so it's kind of you still had to know somebody to know somebody to to get stuff out. Whereas uh, now, literally, you could just jump on SoundCloud and just throw that bit up. Yeah. yeah. And did you try to shop it around? Did you perform we did. it at all? We Were tried you- to shop it around a little bit. I don't think I really performed until I was doing music in Los Angeles. Like when I when I moved to LA to to shoot 90210, mm-hmm. that's when I actually started to like take it a little more seriously. Like I'm I'm working with other producers, like I'm working with Warren Campbell, I'm working with Drain Vidal and you know, I'm I'm actually putting real songs together, like songs that I I'm like, okay, this is okay, this is actually kind of good. Yeah. And I'm actually in different writing camps and, and working with other writers and like uh, ghost writing and, and all of this other stuff. So, yeah, it was dope. How'd you like living in LA? It was different. It's not New York. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's yeah. different. It's yeah. different. That's a very good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, it's different. What what part of LA were you living in? Uh, when, when I was out there, I lived in Marina Del Rey first. Oh. Uh, then I lived in uh, Westchester. So it was all like... Like on the west side, like yeah, very mm-hmm. much close to the water, and it was because that's closer to work. Right. Like nine hundred two one zero, we we had uh, we were at Manhattan Beach a mm-hmm. lot of times to shoot. But because of that, did you feel like very far away from everybody else? Kind of, but everybody would pop into my house like fucking Seinfeld. It was hilarious. People would literally just walk into not, my crib. Not, oh, oh, not oh, Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really, I was yeah. like, well, He's I've like, never Seinfeld? heard this story. Yeah, tell us about Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> coming over to your apartment. <laughs> In Marina Del Rey. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, going back to the biopic thing and, and the pressure of um, portraying somebody who's living, what was it like being on 90210? <laughs> which, which in itself was like, I mean, a humongous cultural thing. Yeah, and it now definitely was. It's a, like a new generation of it. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was crazy. It was it was crazy. And I remember when when the role came about, like even just getting it and being in, you know, going to the, the different offices and the different meetings with people, you know, people from like, like I would meet people in the offices of CW and they'll be like, yo, you're like our Obama, bro. Like you're the first black kid ever on this show. Right. Yeah. Right. We appreciate you. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, thanks. <laughs> I guess you're like yes, yes I yeah, can. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes I can. <laughs> um, it was dope, man. It was it was really really a dope experience. Did you meet? What was the like uh, craziest thing your character had to go through? I think the craziest thing my character had to go through. Uh, I had a um, I had a wheelchair Jimmy face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean face? <laughs> you know, uh, my character he kind of gets into a car accident like at the end of I think like season four or something like that. It's a little bit of a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, for like s- part of season five, I'm in a like a I'm in a wheelchair. Then I'm in crutches and all of that. So yeah, I had a slight uh, wheelchair Jimmy face. Um, did you ever meet Scott Venner during the 90210 days? Yes, that is my ace boon coon. Like that is my guy, man. And did you play him your music? I was, I was playing him a little bit of the music, or even just letting him know that I was doing music, because we, uh, my manager at the time was was even asking like, "Yo, is there a way that we can get some of the music on?" And Scott was like, "Listen, like he's like, I don't even put um, 
Adrian Grenier uh, from um, mm-hmm. Entourage. Yeah, She's yeah. like, I don't put Adrian's music in Entourage. She's like, I, I, I like to keep the things separate. I was right. like, I'm not, Church and state. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm not mad at that. I'm not. I'm not mad at that at all. But he definitely, definitely was one of the early, early uh, believers. people believers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, who were some of your collaborators uh, during that 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 LA time in your life musically? Um, people that i was like i was around i was more around like dope writers and all of that like harold lilly like warren campbell there's another dude juan winings that i used to write with a lot um how about mario winings no nah, no not not him <laughs> did did la like did la color your your life like in a certain way that was different from staten island yes it uh you know i think i tell everybody who goes to la like don't go to la because of the sunshine and all of that stuff after a while it gets it's monotonous. It's the same thing over and over again. If you're gonna go out there, go out there with the mindset to work because everybody out there is working. Like everybody is trying to do something or everybody is doing something. So uh, going out there with that mindset or even going out there because I had to work, uh, I, it gave me that mindset and, and it, I was introduced to people like BJ the Chicago Kid very early on, you know, that I was like, I, like being in a writing room with him and being like, yo, like, this is ill. Like Harold Lilly got me, BJ the Chicago kid. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know her, LaKaylee Forty Seven. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, LaKaylee Forty Seven. All of us in a room just working at the same time before anybody knew any of us did any music. By the way, I thought her name was like Licky Lee. Like, <laughs> I've always yeah. seen it like written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're on Facebook. It doesn't matter if you are, but did someone, did anyone from your high school class find you to invite you to like, you know, your 10 year anniversary? This year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This year. Like, and will you go? I might go. I might go. Technically. Wait, can we go? <laughs> if, I mean, it might, it, listen. Do we have to pay like 40 bucks for like the open bar? <laughs> like, yo, I don't even, I, I know they hit me up and, uh, a lot of my friends now are kind of uh, are, are, are journalists now. So like even even them like like I, doing this press run, I'm running into friends from high school and they're like, yo, so you are you going? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Wait, who'd you go to high school with? Parson Daly. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, Carson, yeah, yeah. Christian Aguilera. Christian yeah, Aguilera. Yeah. yeah. You know, those um, guys. <laughs> so uh, when did you get to your first project and what was that like actually putting it together and putting it out there? Which one? Remember, remember or uh, New York, a love story, New York, a love story. So I, I put out like a, a small EP before I, I did um, uh, New York, a love story. It was called Remember, Remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was me and Warren Campbell and um, a bunch of like other dope producers that I worked with. Small EP. I think it was like six or seven songs. And, uh, you know, we put that out. And I think Salam, mm-hmm. uh, who, who I met when I was about 19 at a BMI Awards, you know, he just kept me. At first, he just kept me around. Like, I never wanted to overstep my boundaries with him and be like, yo, like, what's up with music? But he would kind of always keep me around. So, like, even Miguel in the early stages, like, when All I Want Is You was recorded, I was at that session and I'm I'm watching them and, and seeing how they're working and doing everything. And he's like, okay, you want to come out with music? Okay, this is, what I, this is what I have coming out this year. I have Miguel, I got Neo, I got this one, I got this one. So these are the guys that you're going to have to compete with. <laughs> like, like th- if you want to do music, this is what you're going to have to compete with. So um, after coming out with Remember, Remember and letting him hear it, and you know the whole nine yards everything that came with it he was like he's like yo 
Like, let's go to Miami for a week. Let's see what you can actually do. Cool. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to to do no re- recording or writing. Like, I, this is what I do. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go out there, and uh, it felt almost like a boot camp. You know, like, in a good way, though. Like, on some, like, he put me through the tests to see what I could actually do. And, um, you know, like, he would throw different different type of beats at me or different songs. So I think one of the first joints that we recorded was Magic. Uh, we recorded Magic, and I guess he loved how we killed that. Then we recorded the first part of what is now Own It. Mm. And uh, he loved how we killed that. Then he was like, you know what? I'm going to throw you this song. And he, he was like, I'm going to flip a beat, and I want you to just do whatever you can on it. So that's when he flipped Burn by Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to write what I, what was going to be Henny, but then he stopped me. He was like, you know what? I want you to go in there, and I want you to sing Michael Jackson over this. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, no. Like, I want you to go in there, sing Remember the Time right now. He's like, I heard it in my head. It's going to work. Just go in there and sing it. And uh, I was like, all right. We started to record it, recorded it, had that down. Now that's three songs done. Now I'm in the zone. I start writing Henny. Henny comes out. We finish that. Now that's four, that's four or five songs. Like we're just b- <laughs> busting through these songs throughout the week. And then literally we start crate digging. We're like, yo, okay, let's find more songs. Let's find more beats that we love. Like what, what does New York feel like? Because that was the whole conversation beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. yo, we want to create music that feels like New York. We're both in Los Angeles. Or we're both out here with all of this music that doesn't feel like home. We got to make something that feels like home. From Miami. From yeah. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Miami pretty much is New York. It's like, it's like. Well, because Fat Joe lives Fat there. Joe exactly. lives, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes. Nori. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super thug. Yeah. Uh, so. But that is interesting, by the way, because like, it sounds like you're holed up in the studio. Yes. So you're not like out there on, you know. Yeah, I'm not on South, South Beach yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. It's literally me, Salam, and all of these records. Like, so we're going through YouTubes, we're going through crates, like we're trying to find samples, we're trying to find different things that we could flip. And I that's think awesome that's, that it was collaborative, by the yeah. way, too. Yeah. So then we found, uh, so then I was like, yo, it'll be dope if we did like a dope Jay-Z joint. And it was like, at the same time that he said that, he pressed the button and it was you, me, him, and her. Mm. It was like, yeah. I was like, yo, yeah. we got to do this. We have to do it. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out how we should do it and, and how we should go about it. And we, we walking through the house, humming melodies, trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, and. I was like, yo, we think it too hard. Like, it should just be like, it should be like taking a girl home. Like, I could take it back to my crib. And it was like, he's like, yo, go. Go in the studio. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So after that week, we recorded literally seven records. Five of them made the album. And um, we, at that moment, we were like, okay, we know what we're doing. As soon as you finish 90210, come back out here, and we're going to finish this. I was like, Perfect. He said, you know what I want to do with this project? I said, what? He said, I want to make the R&B version of Illmatic. He's like, you down? I was like, absolutely. (laughs) And the rest was history. So were you surprised at how big the response was? 200%. Again, this is That's something bigger than one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> so big that it was two hundred. It's so big, yeah. it was two hundred percent. No, it, it like again when you when you do these things, you never know what the acclaim is going to be. You never know what uh, the public perception is going to be. None of that. So we put it out. 
knowing that it was completely different than anything else that was out at the time. It wasn't trap. It wasn't. It wasn't Trey songs. It wasn't. It wasn't Ty Dolla Sign. Like it's. It's none of that. They were like. We were like. Let's just try it. Let's just throw it out there. See what. See what happens. And like the label were like, okay, threw it out there, and to see everybody like kind of gather around it and hold it up as uh, to what it became it was it was crazy none I mean, of us expected it big radio hits yeah and how much did you have to pay to um <laughs> to get a grammy nomination uh we paid we paid a lot <laughs> no uh you know what was funny even that man like we of course of course that's something that we all think about that's something that we all hope and pray for we're like oh, yo it'd be dope if we got a grammy nomination yeah i mean i pray for you to get a grammy nomination i appreciate that yeah <laughs> appreciate you brother <laughs> Jeff put it out into the world. He did. He did. And, 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 look, and look at I'm the return. Yeah, yeah. Look at all the hard work I put in. I appreciate that. This is a lot of prayers. It's like the secret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, and and I remember that day. I remember the day that we got the call because you know they had the, uh, the the telecast and you know you're watching it and uh, they're showing all of the people who are nominated and I didn't see my name. I didn't see my category. Nothing. And I'm like all right, cool, I guess we didn't get nominated. It's fine, we got a great body of work, people loved it, mm -hmm. I'm not mad, like, we good, like, it's all good. And then? Then I got a call. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, Tristan, I said, what's up, what's going on? They like, yo, you did it. I was like, I did what? They're like, we're nominated. I said, what? <laughs> Mind you, we're at some small hotel in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, I'm doing a show. I'm doing a show that night, like, literally, like, I'm like, this what they were like yo we're grammy nominated hung up the phone i wrecked the hotel <laughs> like tasmanian deviled it like it was ridiculous it was ridiculous so uh, so you can't go back to richmond i definitely no, can't go back to richmond from all this. no and, and it was so, yo it was so crazy we went out that night and uh we we wild out we partied and uh I remember uh, the, the, the after the joint, we brought girls back to the hotel, and I was like, yo, bro, it'll be great if we went swimming right now. <laughs> they were like, bro, it's 4 o'clock. Like, where are we going to go swimming? I was like, we got a pool inside of here. They're like, you really think they're going to let us go in the pool? So I went downstairs. I went to the, to the uh, lady at the front desk. I said, listen. Sober. Not sober. <laughs> not sober at all. So I'm like, listen, I just got nominated for a Grammy today. I just want to swim. Can I go? Can I go in the pool? They were like, "What?" I said, "I just want to swim." <laughs> I just got nominated for a Grammy. I just want to swim. Like, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Like this yeah. is it honest. Weird, but it's honest. And they were like, "Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we, you know, just be out of there by a certain time." You know, like, like George Lucas, like you know, he has the money to build a house that is exactly like his yes. original house. Uh, if I was Grammy nominated, I would do everything <laughs> and put my name like grammy nominated right in front Absolutely. of it all Everywhere. the time uh i'm looking for a dinner reservation this is grammy not you know <laughs> I would, I would, whatever yeah, you could do what do you think dale does yeah yeah, yeah. I, right <laughs> that's how we get this that's how we got you guys hey guys listen yeah, that's this is right. grammy nominated mac wow like, oh no, no problem yeah no problem, yeah no problem. appreciate uh, you guys that, that's forever by the way yeah man that's that's forever yeah. so um you go out to the grammys yeah and uh red carpet everything yes like oh What's what's pulling up in the in the in the limo or the Uber or whatever drops you off? What's that like? It's as soon as you get there, it feels like it feels like going to any other award show or like if you're a ball player, it feels like 
going to the championship, like walking in there and, and hearing the crowd and yeah. the cameras flashing and all of the interviews. And oh, my God, it was it was amazing. You know how um, so uh, some some football coaches plan everything like during like two days, like during like summer you know mm-hmm. camps or whatever. They say, all right, we're going to or basketball, or whatever. going to imagine what it feels like to like go cut down those nets. Like, yeah. you know, for, if you're like uh, going to the final four or something like that, mm-hmm. you're going to imagine like every or like, you know, we're going to do things as as simple as like, all right, we're going to practice the huddle. And this is what it feels like. So that you're prepared. Yes. When you actually do it. Did you think and did it match up to what you ever thought this could have been? It was way greater than anything I thought it could be. 200 percent. 200 percent. 200. It was, you know, like. You know, I I don't think you can you can honestly mentally prepare for the way that feels. That you know, it's it's one thing to go to an award show and it's just like people taking pictures of you and blah 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 blah. But you're there because they're they're giving you an award. Yeah. Like it's a whole you're a part of you're a part of it now. Like you're really really a part of it. So that that in itself is is nuts. How much did you practice your speech? I really didn't even have it. Like I had I had a speech. But I, but it was like one of those speeches. Like, I literally wrote it. <laughs> so this was my Grammy speech. I put it in my jacket pocket, and I was gonna open it up, and it basically says, "Don't fuck this up." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can actually yeah. read that and say, like, "Oh, look at this." Like, <laughs> we're gonna make it like a bit. Yeah, it was gonna be. Okay. A bit. It was gonna be a bit. This That's is dope. for Staten Island. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk to us about about the breaks and how that came to you and and developed we know dan charnas for a decade now yeah. and and we're, you know i mean beyond his book and beyond his experiences in the business uh it's it was a great one hour program yes and was that all you expected or thought it might be nah i think even even the even when we first started to like record it and and start putting it together after reading the first script we were like this is this is too good to just have one like we gotta at least do another movie. Like I don't know what. Like VH1 will be crazy if they don't let us do another movie. I was like, and 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 it was just something that we all kind of spoke about, even at dinners and just conversations. We were like, hip hop is way too big for a an hour movie. Like way too big. There's way too much that happened in it. And for us to keep it at the pinnacle point in 1990, where hip hop actually started to become a cultural phenomenon. Um, I think I think there's so many more stories and and to go through it and to see the ups and downs and what shaped hip hop into what it is today. I think that's that's what this is all about. So uh, I I was I was excited to do it. Um, Did you I, read the big payback beforehand? I, not when when I first got it. When I first got the role, I mm-hmm. definitely read the book. And so what's it like disappearing into a late '80s, early '90s character like that? It's crazy. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you know, you're growing up in this time and, and you start to like you see all of the people that you idolize and all of the things that they that they're going through. But you you don't really know what was going on behind closed doors with Nas, with Big, with Pac. You would see the stuff that they would put on the news, right. but you don't even understand like the news don't even fully understand what really happened behind closed doors. So uh, to to do the show and to get a, a closer look at what hip-hop actually was like the actual root of it all um no matter how pretty or how uh, gutter it looks that i that's what i appreciate i appreciated that the most man well what do you listen to in your your off time from the show um 
like when I'm off of the show, I'm. Well, I mean, well, how about like what informs your character on the show? Like, are you listening? Do you do you change your music choices when yes. you're when you're prepping? Yes. And then also, like, what are you listening to as a person? Like when I'm like when I'm prepping, it all depends on the uh, on the character. So like with with the breaks, I'm listening to a lot of a lot of people that kind of like my character would have emulated, like uh, Eric B and Rakim, or I'm listening to uh, Tribe Called Quest because I feel like DV is very much um, Q-tip um, mm-hmm. influenced. Um, I'm listening to a lot of Pete Rock and CL Smooth. I'm listening to a lot of Gangstar because uh, Premier is like. Premier's beats is what DV is making, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just trying to wrap my mind around all of the guys that uh, DV is made up of, in a sense. And is the success of the breaks? I mean, something that like you know Twitter goes crazy for, yes. and it's trending, and it and becomes like a a must see live like uh, sort of collective moment. Mm-hmm. Did that surprise you? It did, man. It did. It was you know it was because and it's because. We love hip hop, mm-hmm. so it's it's one thing like we know how much it means to us. We know how much we love it, but once you see, like you you get nervous. It's like letting somebody hold something. You're like you're not gonna take care of that the way I would. Mm-hmm. So, or I don't even know if you would appreciate what you have in your hands. Uh, but they really did. the The people loved it, and uh, the culture spoke. You know, um, you you get you see it every time it comes on. Like everybody loves what we're talking about, loves what, what's going on in the show, like every facet of it. And uh, it, it, that's pretty amazing. What's it like being friends with Lenny S? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Because we, we idolize him so much. Woo! Lenny S! He's the god. That's the god. Yo, Lenny S is, first off, he's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Lenny. Yeah, 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 yeah that guy. Um, no, he's a. Uh, oh my goodness, man! Just, just to honestly be around him and like to have uh, the Rock as a whole as family, man. Like since I was, Jesus, since I was probably like sixteen, seventeen. I think that was the first time that I've actually met everybody. You know, when I did the Rock Boys video, right? And you know, it was kind of my induction into the family in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, just meeting everybody and being around everybody and seeing how everybody moves and the and uh, the the different energy that everybody gives off from him to Shaka to to even Ayana, mm-hmm. Ay- yeah. Ayana. especially Ayana, <laughs> especially Ayana. Um, uh, you've been a part of some major music videos, by the way. Yeah, man. like not not just obviously Rock Boys, but the Adele one. Yeah, for Hello. Yeah, she's a rock girl. That was yeah. also something. <laughs> that was also something where you. Uh, I'm sure like signed some NDAs and yes. like couldn't but yeah. when it came out and it hit and it was like the biggest thing ever what was that like it was and it ha- was when did that call come in like what was that like <laughs> so the call comes in right and uh my manager's like Tristan you're not gonna believe this <laughs> like what? what what's going on Maggie uh she's like um so uh they want you to do another music video I was like Okay, like what's, what's unbelievable about that? Like, okay, who is it? It's Adele. <laughs> what? Like, it's Adele. The direct, the director wants to talk to you. We just got to figure it out. Um, when can he talk to you? When can he Skype with you? I was like, he can Skype with me right now if he wants to. Like, just send him my, send him my information. So I get on, the, I get on the phone with, um, with Xavier Dolan. And me and him are kind of talking through it and just trying to figure it out and. See, he's he's giving me the dates. I'm telling I'm telling him like it sounds good, man. I, I'm with it, you know. He's telling me 
how he wants to do it and what he's trying to portray. Um, you know, he's like, you know, this is this is a story of love and loss. You know, like this is uh, this is one this is a story, uh, one of the more introspective stories of you know how Adele lost somebody that she loved because of how because of how much she's working. We usually see the story on the other side, but to see it from this side, it's you know, I think it'll be pretty dynamic. And the biggest thing that me and Adele were talking about was uh, we want somebody who we know can portray this emotion and these feelings. I'm like, ah, well, I'm, I'm honored. He's like, you know, me and Adele have both been fans of yours since 90210. I'm like, well, like, well <laughs> fairly you recent, you know, yeah, yeah, could have yeah, yeah. gone back to... Yeah, like, I did some other stuff, but whatever. You know, it's fine, it's fine. It's there fine. was the yeah. Noggin series, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know it's, it, it's fine, it's fine. I, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it, w- it was dope, man. Um, and then when it dropped, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, was, I was not prepared for the media. Like, like I mean, you know what's going to be, again, you know it's Adele. Right. And you she's been her. on hiatus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know it's Adele. You know how big, like, you listen to the song, and I'm like, that song is great. Like, it's a great song. Um, Did they send it to you beforehand? No, I, I listened to it while I was on set. Wow. So I'm listening to everything. I'm like, yo, this is great. I'm listening to the album. I'm like, yo, this is great. Like, you, you have a, an amazing body of work. Like, people are really going to fuck with it. And she says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then um, just just seeing how big it actually got. It was like it was like, like throwing a rock in the water and the splash being way bigger than you. I'm like, oh, shit, that was... <laughs> a pretty dense rock. Two hundred percent bigger. Two hundred percent bigger than I expected. Yeah. Um, it was so yeah. It was it was way crazier. All of the fucking buzz feeds. Who is the new guy in Adele's video? Yeah, new guy, yeah. Oh my god. So was do you, what was it? A bigger reaction than getting a Grammy nomination? Yes. Yeah. Bigger reaction publicly. Yes. Yeah. It was crazy. Um. Do you? Do you get recognized more for your television appearances, your your music, or something like Adele? Like, do people come up to you and are just like Adele video? Once in a blue, yeah. Once in a blue, it's now it's more it's mainly like like um, either TV mm-hmm. or uh, or music. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty much that's pretty or the much shade room or the shade room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how um, I know you. <laughs> so so the new project is called After Hours. Yes, and what was your goal with this one? Like, if the goal the last time was to make Illmatic, mm-hmm. what, what were you thinking in making After Hours? For this one, you know... Is this like your Nostradamus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, when I when we went into the studio to do this one, like, we were kind of... Again, we were just literally in the studio at night because that was the only time we really had to ourselves during the day we're shooting or, you know, I'm running around trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next show and everything like that. So, uh, the only time that we really had to ourselves was nighttime and, uh, starting to be in nighttime and putting all of these songs together and trying to figure out the way to go about it. Um, you start to realize that they kind of had a common theme and it was like the feelings of love, lust and loss. And it was like all of the things that all of the feelings that start to fester inside of you at night, and we just started to build on that, and I guess it start. I guess it, we really, really started to put the project together maybe, maybe a year ago, maybe le- maybe early, maybe less time than that. But it like when we got on track and figured it out, it was about a year ago. How come Adele isn't on it? 
I know. I, sh- I asked her. Uh, her vocal, her vocals didn't come in. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. her vocals didn't come in. I kept is, on asking Khaled to, to send them in. Yeah, 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 they didn't yeah. come in. Is is there actually like a favor that you could ask of her one day? Maybe. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is funny. I I have a. I found this uh, skateboard deck at Supreme of a of a flip phone. So I'm gonna send it to her and ask her to sign it. Yeah. That's so that's dope. that's probably gonna be my favorite. The, the flip phone. <laughs> the funny thing, flip phone ended up being such a big thing. Yo, online. I don't understand <laughs> how that. How, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. what? Yeah. It's a character choice. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Though. But yeah. like, did, didn't the director say something to the effect of like, it just looks better? Like, yeah. yeah. You can't convey like an iPhone like as a phone hanging up. Like, yeah. 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 It's it, it, yeah exactly. It was just <laughs> literally aesthetic. Was it just so that you could get like that uh, that StarTech uh, sponsorship? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know. Shout out StarTech, man. Um, and and now you're not only on the breaks, um, but you're on Shots Fired, which is on Fox. Yes. W- does it ever feel like you really are going without sleep and working all the time? Um, there came a point, maybe this week during the press, mm-hmm. that I felt like it, but I think the the for me the best parts is getting everything out like now that the tv shows are out like the music is out and the mini series is about to come out well i guess it's out now it's after 12 yeah just dropped uh on title on title, yeah. on, title. Mm-hmm. on title um <laughs> that's available right now yeah. it's available right now yeah, yeah. uh after hours mini series available right now um but it's it's crazy it, it it's it, it's the greatest feeling ever so all of that all of that kind of just makes all of the nights that I didn't get any sleep. It makes all of the days that we, me and my team, argued about what songs we was gonna put on this project. It makes all of that worth it. Man, and you st- you still have time to be a great uncle. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Icy's on deck, man. What you need? You should get some of those toy cars from that commercial. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Right. Congratulations on everything, and that's that's a lot of things. But yeah. Congratulations on everything, making it out of Staten Island. Too. That's that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. That itself is enough. Thank you. And thanks for finally coming through. I know, man. This is the first time, but it's not going to be the last time. Hey. You guys got to cook me dinner. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us and more about this podcast, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We're also on Spotify, Google Play, and any service you want to go to. Go to Spotify right now and subscribe to It's The Real. We can also be found on Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, kickrocks.org, and fuck here.com listen guys spread the word about a waste of time with it's the real tell your friends tell your family tell strangers on the street we know it starts with us we like to tell everybody we know but we like to shout out people specifically jeff do you have a friend you want to shout out right now okay so i got added to a group chat on twitter with about 45 people so it never ends it never ends it, it is constantly going you wake up at four in the morning and there are still six people this is a a notification every time i look at the twitter app yeah so i just want to shout out everybody i can think of off the top of my head i'm everybody. leaving out so many people but i want to shout out oz cohen zeke hirschberg alex tumay mo Saab, sean win Chelsea, uh, who am I forgetting? I mean, you could just Jade. Make, you could make up names, and I would believe you. Barry. There, there's a bunch of people, but did you make up stuff? No. Okay. Is it? I S-A-A-B? made up Barry. A B. No, just a one A. S A B. Yeah. Sob. Shout out to Sob. I would like to shout out uh, everybody who enjoyed that David Cho podcast. Starting out 
with David Cho. Shout out to David Cho, a great friend of ours, a great episode of A Waste Time with FWL. Go check that out. Uh, shout out to Jelani Carter for saying that it was inspiring. Shout out to Kobe uh, for saying that the After Dark portion of the podcast was spectacular. Yo, I got so many like Snapchat DMs that I forgot to screenshot yeah. about that, saying that, that people really you know, were surprised by it. Or- Richie Jams, uh, Dustin Lagos. Um, Mark Lasanti didn't love it. <laughs> Mark Lasanti was making fun of it for being two hours too long, and it was a two-hour episode. A lot of people enjoyed that that episode with David Cho. Shout out to David Cho one time. Um, oh, I also have to shout out Vix. There's like a bunch of people in the chat. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to name everybody, but... Shout out to our brother Dan, uh, who just made it back from Costa Rica, and uh, he enjoyed that David Cho podcast as well. Guys, sure, check, sure. The, check the archives. Uh, go back on SoundCloud and iTunes and check out all of our old episodes. Also, let us know how we're doing. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Let us know. Go to Spotify right now. Follow us at It's The Real. Not for real, for real. Not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Kickrocks.org.